John 15 is a magnificent passage. It starts with, I am the vine, the true vine, says Jesus, and his father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And then in verse 4, he says, abide in me and I in you. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He's talking to his disciples here. He is, th- uh, whoever abides in me and I am him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. The way the message puts it is, I am the vine, you are the branches. When you joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Now, two weeks ago, we looked at Matthew 9 and 10 and the fact that Jesus is doing all kinds of ministry and then he calls his uh, disciples to him, sends them out and he says to them essentially, uh, all that you've received, go and give. Um, that you have this overflowing sense of what I've given to you, now go and give it to others. Pray for the sick. Set people free. And then we looked at Jane the Uber driver and we were basically saying that it's all of us. There's no one who's exempt. It's, it's everybody. It's not the superstar. It's just all of us where we are every day. And last week we took that a little further and we said we have to be intentional about this. This is not, not something that just happens. We have to do it on purpose. But two weeks ago, a question was raised about what happens when we pray for people to be healed or set free and nothing happens or we think nothing happens. Um, There's disappointment. People might feel that God has let them down. We feel uh, awkward. Uh, And it was suggested that we manage expectations. And I think that, yes, I think we've got to keep trying. We've got to keep moving forward. We've got to keep praying for people. And I said at that point, that we've just got to keep praying. We've got to just keep doing it. And and, uh, we will eventually see some of the stuff happen. And it's true that in the history of the church, if you look carefully at it, where there have been the miraculous signs, miracles, healings, deliverance, the church in that period has always been more vital, more vibrant, more healthy. And that's what we want. That's what we want to see happening. We want to see people healed, restored, set free. But I thought this morning I would look at the whole question of Jesus' secret for success in ministry because this is what it's really about. It's not about whether we are disappointed. It's about something completely other than that. So let's start with this. Hans Kung, the uh, German theologian, said that salvation is essentially creation healed. And what he was trying to say with that is that it's the whole of creation that God comes to reconcile everything to himself. It's not just haphazard. It's not just individual souls and spirits that are going to be restored and redeemed. It's the fullness of creation. It's everything in the way that God intended it to be. Everything put right the way he wanted it to be and what he looks to see happening. It's heaven come down to earth, essentially. And so healing is as wide as creation. Now, if you go back to the Old Testament, uh, where Leviticus 11, it says, be holy as I am holy. What that code 
that Leviticus talks about. And it's sometimes we skip over reading Leviticus because it just seems like a whole lot of laws and rules. But it was a code for well-being. It was uh, dealing with all the aspects of life, physical. It had eating things that they had to look at, social, spiritual, moral. There were all these facets of life that were bound up in one because God said, I want you to be holy. I want you to be whole. I want you to be complete. So it involves the whole of life. It's holistic. What, what God is saying to his people is, I'm interested in your total well-being. Not just a concern for your body, not just a concern for you to feel good or to be spiritual or to have a sense of um, contentment. It's all of life. And Jesus reestablishes that when in John 10.10, he promised that we would have life and we would have it abundantly. Just another way in a sense of saying, be holy as I am holy. So abundant life is really a definition of health. It's a rich quality of life. In there's two Greek words that we just need to touch on briefly. The first word that defines life is bios. And you can understand bios, we get biology. It's about things that are alive and living. It's about being alive, biological life. The second word is more what... Um, uh, John and the other writers and what Jesus is talking about, Zoe. Zoe is life as God gives it. It's spiritual, it's personal, it's eternal life. Uh, in fact, John's word for the kingdom of God in John's gospel essentially is eternal life. Um, this uh, quality of life that is lived in relationship, where it, everything is whole and complete. So it has to do with the body the mind, the soul, everything that has to do with life. And there's a completeness about it. So in John 17, 3, he says, this is eternal life, to know the Father and him who he sent. Because everything is summed up and held together in Jesus. And so the sense of intimate, deep relationship uh, is, is, is what we are uh, essentially designed for and longing for. It's as Adam knew Eve, this knowing the Father, knowing in the sense of not just knowing about, but this intimate, deep relationship that we have with God and with others. Conversely, sickness and illness is a kind of alienation of some sort, an isolation um, a, a cutting away from what is complete and whole. And in Genesis 2.18, um, it says, it is not good, it is not healthy for man to be alone. So healing in, um, is, let's say this, the healing is more than the body being put right. It is complete wholeness and well-being. But it is that as well. So, we come to the place where we, we say that real life is life in relationship. Healing is a process by which relationships are restored. And sometimes that's difficult or painstaking or maybe even painful, but it involves forgiveness and restitution and restoration and a whole lot of stuff. In other words, complete health, the abundant life that God talks about, 
this salvation that he brings to us is a process. And I remember going back a few years now, um, we had a man in our congregation who was in his late 70s, and his, one, his, arm, his left arm, starting with his hand, started to wither. And he went to the doctors, he tried everything. He, he was a man of some means, and he could explore all those possibilities. And then one day we were praying, and I had a, a deep sense that this had not to do with anything physical, but it was um, a kind of a spirit that was invading his life. So I went to him, and I said, I believe this is what God is saying, that this withering of your arm is a sign of a deep, unforgiveness, bitterness, um, a meanness of spirit. Um, he was quite angry with me and rejected what I said and didn't receive it. But I have a deep, profound sense that his body was being affected by what was going on. And if you, and we're not going to go into the medical side of things now, but uh, research done in Manchester and London not too, uh, in the not-too-distant past in psychiatric uh, hospitals and, and other institutions shows that a third of people who go to the NHS do not have anything physically wrong with them. One in three. And so when we talk about healing or health, we have to talk about, as the Old and the New Testament does, about the whole person, all of us, all, the whole way that we are structured in our relationships with our body, with each other, with the world. And so when God sends Jesus for to reconcile us to him, yes, it is the individual who is being reconnected to relationship with him, but it's also the connection between individuals with, and even with communities with each other. This this is fundamental to health and to healing. And so, for example, with this man that I spoke about with his withered arm, if he had been willing to receive forgiveness and extend forgiveness, that perhaps would have been the first step in the process of his healing. Now, in 2 Corinthians 5, um, I should have had this ready, but I don't... Um, you know this very well. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. It says, Therefore if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. The newness is here. Now all of these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us a ministry of reconciliation. When we talk about healing, we are essentially extending the... Uh, gift that we have received to those around us. We have been reconciled to God. Evangelism or mission is, a, in a sense, just saying, you know what, it's so great. I've been reconciled to God. I've been redeemed. I've been restored. I've been saved, whatever language you want to use. It's like the Lord's Prayer says, forgive us today those things that we have done as we forgive those who sin against us. There is the sense that what we have received, we need to give out. Freely you have received, freely give. And this whole thing of being blessed with a huge abundance of what we need, if we keep it and hold it, it, it ends up dying or, or, or even worse, polluting us. 
And he goes on to say that, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, the world, not counting their sin against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were begging you through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. This ministry of reconciliation that we have, this gift of healing, of deliverance, of setting people free, of bringing the good news of the kingdom of God, the gospel, it's all about a desire to see people well, whole, healthy, to live a, a Zoe life and not just a, just a bios life. And so we have this mission. And even when Jesus came uh, that many years ago uh, in Luke 2.14, um, the triumphant cry was, peace on earth, goodwill to men, to all. Uh, peace, shalom. The shalom in Hebrew is not just peace as we translate it in English, but the closest term would be health, total wholeness in every part of man and society and even the physical world. Salvation. Salvation is shalom. It is zoe. It is peace. And this sense of completeness is what we want to bring when we come into a situation. The sense of abundance of life. The sense of joy and peace and grace and love and kindness. As well as being prepared to push the boat out or to use a metaphor from the New Testament. Uh, to have a go. No, not that one. Uh, to step out of the boat and to walk on water with Jesus holding his hand. And so we do pray for physical healing. And sometimes when we don't immediately see what we perhaps expect or want, that doesn't mean to say that something isn't already beginning, that there isn't something that's happening. And so I want to say to you that I, I, I labeled this the um, secret of Jesus' success in ministry. And I suppose in some ways that's a little bit of a, a cheat because um, there is no secret to his success, no, no way of doing it, no model, no this is what you do next and then you do that. Because in a sense, Jesus' um, healing ministry was basically war and mercy because it was dynamic, it was unpredictable, it was unconventional. His ministry of healing and restoring and reconciliation and bringing shalom, peace, salvation, was uh, relational and interactive. And so there is no single um, method or model that he taught his disciples, but this is what he taught them. And this is the explanation. Jesus did what he did and he was who he was. Because he lived in the Father, he abided in the Father, and the Father lived in him by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not a special formula. It is a lived life. The whole of your life, the whole of my life, for the rest of my life. And so, yes, Jesus did model and equip his disciples to minister to the sick, to pray for those who were unwell with illness, to to go and bring deliverance and to speak about the good news. But more importantly than that, 
He modeled an intimacy with his father by the spirit. I am the vine. I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser, he says. So skills, methods are useful, helpful, maybe even important. But the real heart of what we're doing when we pray for people to be healed, when we want to see people set free and to to come into the joy of what the kingdom is, is 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 is, is as um, understanding that we are the branch and we are connected to the vine, and we can literally do nothing without being connected to the vine, being in relationship, being reconciled, being in this constant constant sense of expectation and waiting and listening and discernment for what the Spirit is doing and what the Father is saying. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who lives or abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, Jesus didn't just wake up one morning when he was sort of 17 and decide oh i'm going to do this and he did that there was a sense of his discovering and growing into and um becoming aware of his father and his father's business this growing awareness and helping him to be effective in what he was doing so to just recap in terms of the last couple of weeks we've looked at the fact that jesus comes as one who is sent from the Father, and is called to bring the kingdom. And essentially what he says to his disciples and to us is exactly the same. That's what we've looked at in the last two weeks. We are called and sent. And we are those who bring and who bear and who carry a ministry of reconciliation, of shalom, of peace, of wholeness, of abundant life, zoe life, of health and well-being, a complete understanding that's what we come it's almost as if uh, even as i say it now there's the sense of being pent up with all the grace and goodness of god that when we pray for people when we minister to them when we speak to them when we when we are kind to them that something of god spills out over from the relationship that we have with him because this is essentially what happened with jesus The source of his life and ministry was the Father, him living in the Father, the Father in him by the power of the Spirit, the presence and power of God's Holy Spirit. And we we are um, so blessed that Jesus lives in us and his Spirit is poured out into us and onto us and then we are anointed. Everything that Jesus was, we have been gifted. And so even... As we live today, as we listen to this, as we have encounters with people, as we see the beauty of the created world, um, we, we are aware that God has blessed us abundantly with abundant and fantastic lives. And that he calls us. And I'll just read this from 1 Peter 2. It's that passage we all know well that We are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. And we like to say that we're chosen, we are a royal priesthood. Each one of us has a a space, a place in God's economy where we 
minister where we bring life in its fullness and abundance. But we often neglect to carry on with that. It says we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. When we pray for people to be healed, what we are saying is we are declaring God's grace and goodness and we want to see you well and healthy. Yes, when we pray for this back or when we pray for this illness of some sort, we want to see it physically healed. But our concern is beyond that, wider than that, that we want to see you completely, abundantly immersed in God's presence and goodness and grace. And when we walk away from praying with people, they must feel loved. They must feel that the grace and the love and the kindness of God, this is not just a mechanical thing where we lay hands on them and say, be healed. Because the most profound thing that people can experience is our care, our love, our attention, our listening. And so when we come to pray for people, yes, there will be times. Jesus also had times where he couldn't do any miracles or heal anyone. It happens. But the underlying thing for us is not to see miracles, to see people healed. Let me rephrase that. Of course it's to see that. But it's not only to see that. It's to see the wider sense of God's salvation, his healing, his shalom, his peace, the wholeness and abundant life that he has for each of us to be shared. What we have received, this ministry of reconciliation, let us bring it to those that we meet and to wherever we go. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, just to reflect on things for the next couple of days, um, perhaps what we need to do is um, just think about how you've been impacted by other people's care and prayer for you. I'm talking about in your, your walk with God, with Jesus, who has impacted you and what was it that impacted you? And then secondly, how would you describe in your own words this secret of Jesus' life and ministry?